the Jews begin grumbling at what Jesus has to say. They don't believe Jesus. They're not eating the bread of life. They miss the point. They can't see past the physical reality that Jesus was born in a certain place at a certain time by certain people, which is true. To this, Jesus says in verse 45, that whoever hears and learns will believe and have eternal life. But this is the problem. They can't hear. They can't learn. Because Jesus says that the Father has not drawn them in verse 44. Now this gets into some difficult doctrines for some. Doctrines like election or irresistible grace or the perseverance of the saints and more. So let's think about these things for a little bit. So there's election. Election is the doctrine that God chooses uh, who are his. Who will be saved? Not based on anything we have done, but simply on his sovereign choice. So let's look at election in this passage. Again, this is another part where you'll need to be staring at your Bible. So in verse 37, it says, All that the Father gives me. So the Father has some whom he gives to Jesus. Again, in verse 39, the Father has given some to Jesus. And then we see the negative or the reverse side of this in verse 44. Look there. No one can come to Jesus unless the Father draws him. Finally, in, in verse 65, towards the end, Jesus says, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it's granted to him by the Father. So God has some who, who he will give to Jesus, and he has some who he doesn't. It's clear here in the text. So that's election. Let's look at irresistible grace. This is the doctrine that says when God does draw someone to himself, they will come. His word does not return void. We see that in verse 37 again. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And in verse 44, that who the Father draws comes to Jesus. So again, we see it clearly here in the text. We also see the doctrine of uh, the perseverance of the saints here in a lot of places. This doctrine teaches that those who God has chosen and saved will never lose their salvation. They will persevere to the end. They will be brought into heaven to be with God. So we see that in verse 37. Jesus says, all that the Father gives Jesus, Jesus will never cast out. And verse 39 shows that Jesus will lose nothing of all that the Father has given him. And in verse 40 reveals that Jesus will raise them up on the last day. That is certain. In verse 44, Jesus repeats that he'll raise them up on the last day and says the same thing again in verse 54. And in verse 56 he says, whoever feeds on Jesus will uh, abide in him and Jesus in them. And verse 57 says, they will live because of Jesus. Friends, it's, it's sad to me that some of these doctrines are scary and daunting to some and are even hated by some people. 
because these doctrines should produce the exact opposite in us. These are comforting truths. If you're a Christian here, these truths are for you. They should comfort you. It was God himself who drew you to himself, who opened your eyes, who allowed you to hear and learn that Jesus is your bread of life. It says in verses 38, 39, and 40 that it was the very will of the Father that you would come to him, that you would be given to Jesus, that you would look on the Son of Man and believe that Jesus would take you in and never cast you out. It's the very will of the Father that Jesus would never lose you, that you will be raised on the last day, if you struggle with assurance of salvation, if you lose sleep over whether or not you'll make it into heaven, if you stare at every petty little sin you've ever committed and stir up doubt in your heart, look here. Look at your bread of life. This is your assurance. This is your salvation. The sovereign God of the universe, who is more powerful than anything and anyone who speaks things into existence, whose word never returns void, who knows all things, who is eternal and can never fail. This is the God who holds you, who takes your hand every step of the way and guides your feet. It is His will, it is His delight to save you, to bring you to him, to sustain you, and to raise you up on the last day. So stop staring at yourself and doubting. If it were up to you, you should doubt. For every time you have an accusation against yourself, know that Jesus stands at this very moment before the Father and speaks pardoning words on your behalf. It's your word against his. Every time Satan accuses you, Jesus speaks, <clears throat> sorry, Jesus speaks good of you. It's Satan's word against the sovereign gods of the universe. So know that it's not up to you. It's not up to how much belief you can muster up or how close to perfect you can be. Because Jesus believed perfectly for you. He was perfect for you. He died for you. He rose for you. He is pleading for you. It's said and done. It is finished. It's not up to you. It's up to your heavenly Father, who has decreed that you are his son, who has decreed that you are his daughter, and he delights in you. He will bring you home. And how will he do this? Jesus tells us in verse 51. The bread that Jesus offers to us is his very own flesh. Again, the Jews are confused, and they ask, how can he offer us his flesh? We have the luxury of knowing the whole story, so we know that Jesus is talking uh, about offering himself up to die. For his flesh is going to be pierced for us. His blood is going to be spilt for us. 
And we already know this eating and feeding and drinking is believing. Believing that Jesus is our perfect sacrifice. And this eating, or you could say this believing, produces eternal life. It produces true life. The more we eat of this bread of life, the sweeter it becomes. It warms our cold hearts. It awakens our dead taste buds. I want you all to listen to John Owen speak of what eating produces in our lives in his book, The Glory of Christ. This is a great book. But listen to what he has to say on this. He says, It is by beholding the glory of Christ by faith that we are spiritually edified and built up in this world. For as we behold his glory, the life and power of faith grow stronger and stronger. It is by faith that we grow to love Christ. So if we desire strong faith and powerful love, which give us rest, peace, and satisfaction, we must seek them by diligently beholding the glory of Christ by faith. In this duty, I desire to live and to die. On Christ's glory, I would fix all my thoughts and desires. And the more I see the glory of Christ, the more the painted beauties of this world will wither in my eyes, and I'll be more and more crucified to this world. It will become to me like something dead and putrid, impossible for me to enjoy. By beholding the glory of Christ by faith, we shall find rest to our souls. Our minds are apt to be filled with troubles, fears, cares, dangers, distresses, ungoverned passions, and lust. By these, our thoughts are filled with chaos, darkness, and confusion. But where the soul is fixed on the glory of Christ, then the mind finds rest and peace, for to be spiritually minded is peace. By beholding the glory of Christ, we shall begin to experience what it means to be everlastingly blessed. He is our everlasting blessedness. So eat of this bread and experience true life, true joy and peace and inherit eternal life. But let's look now at our final point. Who gets to eat? Who gets to eat? And this is in verses 60 through 71. And don't worry, this is the shortest point. So hang in there. Okay, I'm going to read, starting in verse 60. <clears throat> when many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it's granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed 
and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. So after all this teaching, after everything we just learned, the people grumbled and they leave. They don't come to the table and feast. They don't believe. So who gets to eat? Well, Jesus tells us it's those whom the Spirit gives life to. Verse 63, it's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. Jesus is speaking spirit-filled, life-producing words. But verse 65, he says, no one can come unless the Father grants it. And we learn this back in John 3, when Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus, and he told him, no one can see the kingdom of God unless you've been born again. And that the wind goes where it wishes. You don't know where it came or where it's going. And it's the same with the work of the Holy Spirit. He gives life to whom he pleases. We just talked about all this when we were thinking about election and irresistible grace and the perseverance of the saints. But let's see what this new life looks like. Look again in verses 66 through 69. The disciples leave and Jesus turns to the 12 and says, do you want to go away as well? And this is what life looks like is Peter's response. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Where else would we go? Who else could satisfy? Who else could give eternal life? This is what it looks like to eat of the bread of life. When the world offers its painted beauties, as John Owen put it, you know that it cannot satisfy. It cannot offer eternal life. When when temptation asks you, do you want to leave as well? You can respond with Peter, where else would I go? There's nothing better than this bread. There's no girlfriend, there's no boyfriend, there's no marriage, There's no praise of man. There's no lustful look. There's no angry word, no anxiety plague studying, no bitterness harboring heart, no plunge in despair, no self-pity, no lazy day, no impatient comment, no night of drunkenness, no one-night stand, no pride-filled thought that will ever satisfy you. They are putrid, Something dead, life-stealing, death-producing. Where is it that you would go to find life, to find eternal life? It's Jesus. He has the words of eternal life. And notice what they have come to believe, that he is the Holy One of God. Now, this is most likely a reference That's a a reference to a name throughout the Old Testament commonly used, which is the Holy One of Israel. And guess who that is? That is Yahweh himself. 
So if we take this name in combination with the passage quoted back in verse 45, we have something interesting. Jesus quotes a passage, and he says, the prophet said, and they will all be taught by God. It's in Isaiah 54. This passage is God promising to restore his people. He's giving them good news. And starting in verse 5, it says this, For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. The God of the whole earth he is called. For the Lord has called you like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit, like a wife of youth when she is cast off, says your God. For a brief moment I deserted you, but with great compassion I will gather you up. In overflowing anger for a moment I hid my face from you, but with everlasting love I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. This is like the days of Noah to me, as I swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth. So I have sworn that I will not be angry with you and will not rebuke you. For the mountains may depart and the hills may be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. And in verse 13, this is what Jesus quotes, all your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. And then continue to verse 55. Know that these verse numbers were not there originally, so we'll keep reading. And this should sound familiar to you guys. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen to me diligently and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Friends, if you are in Christ, Yahweh is speaking this to us. This is who can eat. Those whom the steadfast love of the Lord has been lavished on. Jesus is the Holy One of God, your Redeemer. His love for you shall never depart. As you go through life, and it seems as though, just as it says in Isaiah 54.10, that the mountains are crumbling around you and the hills are being obliterated before you, God's steadfast love is still for you. No circumstance will change that. It will never depart. His peace shall never leave you. So take comfort. This is the work Jesus is doing for you as your bread of life. So eat and be satisfied. Believe and receive eternal life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have sent from heaven the bread of life to offer to us that we may receive eternal life. 
and be satisfied for all of our days. God, we pray that these truths would be ingrained into our hearts, that would seep into our lives moment by moment. We would know and trust and believe that Jesus is our bread of life, that he is more satisfying than the things of this world. God, we need your help. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.